you know, instructions. They were living a great life at the time. You know, Jesus just preached a bunch of um, preached a bunch of sermons, cast out demons. He was doing everything that you know I would love to witness. So they had a really really good life. You know, he made sure they were taken care of, and everything was going perfect. But we have the disciples following will of God, and then they run into trouble. That's not how it's supposed to work. Um, I was told that if I believed in Jesus, everything would just be okay. Because um, I was told that my marriage would just repair itself. I was told that I would get that promotion at work that I've been working for so long. And I was told that I'd be financially stable. God, what did I do wrong? So a lot of us go through this in life. Maybe we're just, you know, we're new Christians or we're old Christians and we're going through life and everything seems hunkadory and then just something happens that makes you question if you did something wrong. Like, God, did I offend you? Did I, did I kind of tick you off? I, I, I don't mean to. I, I'm trying to follow your word. Um, but what did I do wrong? Am I not doing what you asked me to do? And even worse, in the second part of 37... The waves started coming over the boat and filling the boat up. So they were in danger of drowning. So they were in danger of drowning in the storm in their life. Um, replace storm with the word situation. You don't have to be an actual storm. Uh, storms represent our situations in life. Storms represent what we go through, something that we don't want to go through. Um, like the first song we sung today or listened to today, in the eye of the storm, you remain in control. The storm is just something that's happened really, really bad to us. And so they're in this situation right now that is in danger of their lives, is in danger of over, overtaking it and just completely, you know, I guess almost killing them. So there's something going on here that they're not sure of why it happened. Um they're in danger of, drowning, of being, danger of being drowned in their situation. Remember that depression that you were told would just go away? It's back, and it's worse than ever. That marriage you thought would just fix itself? Maybe they just handed you the divorce papers. Uh, their storm was fierce. This storm was overtaking the boat. Um, and things went from bad to worse. But I've got to remind you one more thing. Uh, it goes back to verse... 36 Jesus was in that boat um, and that says a lot you know the storm just came up and tried to swallow them through everything that was going on but Jesus was in that boat but what does that mean does that mean it just blows over nothing back and happen it, so it just blows that myth that nothing back and happen right out of the water Jesus was in, the, was in the boat. So Jesus was in their life. Jesus was in their heart. Jesus was in everything <clears throat> they could be in. And yet, the storm was still there. The storm was still there, and it was worse, and it was in danger of killing them. Um, if we have Jesus in our boat, why, why would bad things happen to us? The waves were coming over. We were taking on water. You just got fired. The wave. The rent is due. Wave. Electric is due. Wave. Christmas is coming. Two waves. <laughs> Jesus, where are you? Um, so that leads me to point, uh, my second point here. When God is silent, he is still in the boat. Um, in verse 38, we find that Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke up shouting, Teacher, don't you care? We're going to drown. 
So we get into that storm. The waves are coming. We're hurting, afraid, don't know where to start. God, it's time to show up. Where are you? Oh, he's sleeping. Um, not a care in the world. God, I thought you loved me. Um, the disciples cry out, don't you care that we're going to drown? Have you ever felt that way before? Boy, I have. Hey, a huge part of this year, <laughs> I felt like that. Um, many times in my life, I go through what I call a season of silence. Um, when you don't feel that fire in your heart that you know you should you, you used to have or you know you should have, a time when you keep praying, God talk to me, God tell me what to do, uh, lead me, and then nothing really comes. No assurance, no feeling of comfort, only more waves. Then after a while you start to question, are, are you still there? Are you still with me? Did I do something wrong and you turned your back on me? Um, I know we've all been there before in our walk with Christ, but we need to understand that sometimes God is silent. Sometimes um, God is doing something that you don't understand, and maybe right now He's not just—he's not talking to you. A good um, a Bible even backs this up. If you go to the book of Malachi and then switch over to the New Testament and the book of uh, Matthew, there's a 400-year span of nothing. So in 400 years, not one prophet was recorded, not one—you know. Yes, they were in church, and they were doing their uh, basic stuff and sacrificing, but there was no one to be the voice of God for them. There was nobody to say, hey, it's going to be okay. Um, here comes Jesus in a couple hundred years. Just you got to stick it out. Um, for 400 years, there was no voice. So during that time, much happens. Um, and you can have the history books back you up. because It all lines up. You know, It proves the Bible's real with our history books as well. This is the time the Roman Empire started to arrive. Um, this is the time that the Romans took over most of the known world. And because of that, it took over uh, Israel. Took over Israel, they moved into Jerusalem, had provinces everywhere. So even though God wasn't saying, do this, do that, do this, I'm still with you, I love you, he was still there. He had to get stuff set up for Jesus to be here. Um, Nobody else but the Romans could have executed him. No one else but um, the cross would have done it. So he had to get everything in order. So I call it working behind the scenes. If you ever see a play production or anything like that, um, you have a lot of people behind the scenes making it go. You don't have just the main characters. You don't just have the main um, orchestra. You have the people doing the lighting and the curtain pulling and the art, uh, artistic stuff. So that's what God was doing during this time in um, this span of 400 years. He was working behind the scenes, getting prepared for to send his son. So that's one thing. The one thing is certain, storms will come. But what we got to understand, that even though he is silent, he is still in that boat. Um, God was still with his people during that 400 years. He was just setting up for something better, um, which was Jesus. So when we feel like God is napping and not paying attention to us in our situation, remember he's doing exactly what needs to be done. He's getting ready for a miracle. And Jesus is still in that boat. So this brings on to my third point, that Jesus has the power to rebuke any situation in your life. So in verse 39, we can read that he got up and rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Hush, be still. 
and the wind died down, and it became perfectly calm. And then he, uh, going to verse 40, he said to them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? So what happens when Jesus actually shows up and wakes up from his nap? Um, you know, everything stops, right? All Jesus had to do was stand up and say, All right, hush, I'm here. Um, you're, you're fine. And everything became not just calm, perfectly calm. So you have to uh, understand that perfectly calm is different than just calm. Um, the calm before the storm, everyone, that's one of the huge things that people say, means there's going to be a steal right before something bad happens. But this is perfectly calm. So all storms were, were gone. All threats of storms were gone. There was nothing else that could have affected them. I mean, he made it perfectly calm the way it should be. Um, he had to remind them who he was as well. Um, are there times in your life when storms are overtaking everything you know and just and you forget just how powerful the God we serve is? I know I have. Do you still have no faith? He had to remind them who he was. Um, Jesus is the guy who prior to this had been healing people who were dying, who were sick, casting out demons left and right. You can go back just uh, two chapters in Mark, and you can see he cast out many, many, many demons. I, I would say thousands or something. They just seen him, and they ran away. So he was doing all these miracles in front of them. They were witnessing these miracles in front of Jesus himself, and they still had to be reminded who he was. Um, that just shows our sin nature at heart, that our heart has a lot to be worked on, and only Jesus can do that. He had to remind them that he was still here and he was still God. Yet they were still afraid of the storm when the Lord of Heaven was in their boat. So this guy is sleeping in the boat. I mean, I guess they completely forgot that he was the Lord of Heaven and Earth. He helped create the winds. He helped create the rains. He did everything. He was there at the beginning, so he's seen everything done. And you would think that they that they would understand that he can just stand up and stop it. They didn't. But don't be afraid. Do not think you are not worthy when you doubt everything in the middle of a storm. Because the disciples did that, and they had him in the boat. The truth is, we are not worthy. But Jesus is. Jesus is worthy enough for all of us. He's worthy, worthy enough to conquer every doubt, every improper thought, every action. Because, because he is worthy enough, we have that chance to be with him again. We can know without a shadow of a doubt that even though the storms will come, that Jesus is still with us. The good news is that those who are in Christ do not have to do it alone. Jesus is in our boat. We have the maker of the winds and the waves on our side. He has the power to stop them. He has the power to take our situation and turn it into good because he is still in the boat. We can see in verse 41, they became much afraid and said to one another, Who is this then? that even the wind and sea obey him. So even after he calmed the storm, and they remembered who he was in the boat, and he talked to them, they still had to question who he was. They're like, oh my gosh, um, this guy just stood up out of the boat. Yeah, we know he's the Son of God. He told us that before. But 
he must be a son of God. I mean, he that they were still completely shattered that he had the power to do this. Um, most of you guys know that this year has not been easy on our family. The day we found out Paisley was not going to be okay, our whole world shattered. Yeah, we trust in God, but sometimes the waves are crashing over that we are not able to see, and it is scary. So they were afraid in this um, story when the waves were crashing over, the boat was filling up. They were afraid something was going to happen to them. Later that later in the evening on that Friday, whenever I went home to grab clothes for the weekend, I always turned on you know, music because that's my way of dealing with stuff is just sing and play guitar and just be, you know, just worship to God. I heard a song and it just, it really spoke to me. And the lyrics say, I'm going to see a victory because the battle belongs to you, Lord. And the bridge says, um, you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. I mean, that really, that got me through. We can see that exactly what happened in this story when Jesus steals the sea. Um, the storm was crashing over. The boat was filling up with water. The people were afraid they were going to die. So at this point, Satan is in there. He's saying, all right, so even though Jesus is in your heart, I'm going to throw something at you to make him question who he is. I'm going to throw something at you to make him question why you even you know, chose to affiliate with him anyway so he throws everything at him he throws the fiercest storm the fiercest wind was rocking the boat all the other boats were backing off and they're like I'm not going in that storm that's just scary um, so the disciples were in a, a, a they were in a situation they couldn't get out of and that's what Satan does to us makes them question our beliefs makes them question our you know thought process our world views we just say we need to back off of this and maybe this guy isn't who he thought he was going to be. But Jesus stood up and took what Satan was trying to do to them and completely changed it. He stopped it. He, he, he knocked it dead, dead on, the, on his feet. He calmed the sea. He made it perfectly calm. He made it the way that it was supposed to be made. And God wants to, wants to do that for our lives as well. Um, Jesus was in that boat. You have to remember through this whole story. Um... So next time you're, um, like I said, you're, you're seeing this person that you've been trying to avoid, we have to not avoid them, people. We have to uh, show them that the church is there for them. The church is exactly what... Um, the church is there to help them, support them. So you don't have to be dirty, um, clean to come to church. You have to reach those people who are dirty. You have to reach those people who are not clean. Tell them that you don't have to be cleaned up to come to church. You don't have to go and give your money to the homeless before you come to church. Come to church, and then God will you know, do that in your life. So just remember that through these storms in your life, even though Jesus might be in your heart, Jesus might be um, the Lord of your life, the storms are going to come. Um, storms do affect everyone, even who those are in Christ. Um, Jesus was still in that boat. But Jesus has the power to rebuke any situation in your life. Anything you're battling, anything that you are going um, going through, whether it be addiction, divorce, anything that's a horrible that you, you can't see a way out of, He'll make a way. 
God will make a way out of it for you. And he will use his followers to do it. So that's what we have to, you know, tell ourselves is that we are supposed to be disciples of God too. So the disciples in the story went through things. We're going to go through things. We have to reach those people who are far from God. Um, so let's go ahead and pray. Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you for this 